Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast, where we talk about all things related to athletic performance, rehabilitation, and wellness. My name is Michael Falk, and I am joined today by Jason Tipton, who's the Director of Instruction at Shaniqua Country Club. Jason and I talk a lot of things about junior golf development, specifically how players wanting to make their high school varsity golf team should be using their winter. So we talk about playing multiple sports, how they should practice, what types of skills they need to develop, how can they use physical therapy or, or the weight room to uh, improve their body to prepare for their upcoming golf season. So this is a great episode if you are either a golfer or the parent of a golfer that is wanting to set some goals and make your high school varsity team this upcoming year. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. My name is Michael Falk, and I'm hosting the episode today, and I'm joined by Jason Tipton, the Director of Instruction at Shaniqua Country Club out in Heartland, Wisconsin. So Jason has been a guest previously, so welcome back, Jason. Yeah, round two. Yeah, it's a rare rare group that gets to come back for multiple podcasts, so you're uh, you're in the elite of the elite of the sports medicine guests so far. Yeah, I'm honored. Don't, don't want to screw this one up. Yeah. So Jason is back because we want to uh, dive into specifically uh, some topics around high school junior golf development and just junior golf in general. Um, and previously when he was on, we really just talked about golf instruction kind of more broadly as it relates to everyone. So today we're really going to zero in on um, juniors and in particular, some things that juniors struggle with and then maybe some things that they can think about going into this golf off season. So Let's dive right in, Jason. Um, when you have a junior golfer, what is kind of your philosophy of working with them to help them develop? Well, you know, it really kind of just depends on the age. You know, we're talking more kind of the, the high school uh, juniors now, and um, you know, for those for those kids, you know, it's really about just making sure the the fundamentals are are pretty tight, the grip, their posture. Uh, their alignment ball position stuff like that and from there you know I I try to let them be athletic as possible with their swing until I have to be right so as soon as I see that they really can't perform a certain skill with what they're doing then we can start making uh, you know more swing changes Um, but up until then you know this is usually a swing if they haven't seen a coach uh, for me, you know, this is something that they've been doing for a pretty long time. And if they can they can do it pretty well, then that means they're just using all their athleticism with it. So I don't think that's a that's a bad thing. So I like to kind of let them be until I have to. Um, aside from that, uh, you know, I, I really like to focus in on the short game, putting, chipping, pitching, bunker, play skills, make sure they have you know, a variety of shots to work with. And we'll start, you know, just with, you know, low running shots or, you know, medium lane putts or short putts, just kind of, you know, start from a baseline, uh, really basic stuff, and then kind of work their way up. But, um, you know, I really like for juniors that are trying to play high school or high-level high school even into college to really have a lot of tools uh, in and around the greens. Yeah. No, I think that's awesome because, I mean, can be overwhelming for some players um, if they're getting like golf is really hard <laughs> and yes. like in general and so if you're getting force fed into like a specific swing style where you're just constantly having to take lessons and then 
obviously like all lessons are well-intentioned, but there can be a lot of time and effort and practice required to like master a new swing technique to the point that it's like stable and comfortable to use during competition. It's like, yeah. it can get really frustrating for kids where if they're constantly having to work on the game and never like from a swing standpoint, like major swing fixes, and then it just be, starts to become not very fun to actually go compete and play and work on everything else. Yeah, 100%. I mean, even, you know, for myself, if I'm tweaking something in my swing, and, and I do that all the time because I'm, I'm a tinker. I like to tinker. You know, I like to try new things, which maybe doesn't always work out great in my favor, but I do it more for, and like, what would this feel like to a player, right? And it, it's it's extremely frustrating when, you know, you're out there for an hour, hour and a half, you know, however long you are working on this one thing in your swing, you, you just – cannot make the ball go where you want it to go or you're just mishitting it all the time. And obviously there is a little bit of that in the learning process. You have to, you know, fail a couple times to kind of get back on the horse per se, right? And and get better. But um yeah, I, I don't I don't think that's a it's a great thing to just keep the struggle on for a, a really extended period of time as it, it, for the golf swing itself. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, there's just so many shots that you can save by working on, like, yeah, even if you have a big right miss, you can kind of play with that, control for it a little bit, and then recover and be like a really good scrambler and still go out there and have fun and like shoot a score and kind of be like disheartening to your opponents when like everyone thinks you're dead over in the woods and you right. have to come back and make the miraculous par save. It's like a skill in and of itself. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and really, you know, what I'd like to see, you know, as they really start getting a little more skilled and start playing tournaments is that they have kind of a stock shot that, you know, it's, I don't like to say consistent because golf is really inconsistent, but it's pretty predictable, right? So if you're a, a person that hits a cut, great, hit a cut. If you like to hit a, a draw, great, you know, hit a draw, but no matter what shot you're going to hit, right, we're going to hit greens, we're going to miss greens. And when we miss greens, we better be able to get the ball in the hole. Yeah, no, for sure. So let's kind of take just a step back and just look like a little bit more broadly um, for not just high schoolers, but even some of the kids kind of pre-high school. Um, one of the things that I think if you look around at golfers in general right now is they're becoming, they're typically better and better athletes. And many of them, many of the pros play multiple sports. So why is playing multiple sports as like a junior developing player? Why is that so important? Yeah, that's a great question. You're a hundred percent right. There's so many other sports being played besides golf. And I think it's because, you know, these other sports, you know, baseball, soccer, hockey, you know, any striking sport, you know, they're, they're learning how to actually play golf without knowing they're learning how to play golf you know it's somewhat similar motor patterns and and I always feel like the more athletic you can be which you just learn from doing other sports and being athletic the easier it is to pick up certain motions or you know you have a little more awareness of where you know your your body is and you know better hand-eye coordination and you know for some sports you know let's say like uh, for baseball pitchers or, or like hockey players with slap shots, I mean, that's a lot of speed. You have to move things fast 
in order to get a slap shot to the net or blow a fastball by a hitter, right? So that's all going to help uh, in their golf swing. And we actually have seen, I'm sure you've seen it too, yeah. some of your the guys that you play golf with that hit it the farthest are hockey players, baseball players. You know, it's you know, those striking sports that really help, you know, put on some speed, which is a little bit harder to teach later on. So they just kind of keep up with it younger, yeah. right? They just, that's a skill they already have. So you can build around it yeah. as well. No, no, I think it's really interesting. And I mean, you know, you look at like racket sports teach you how to like release your wrist, which there's like a component of being able to time, like releasing yeah. a golf club or um, even, you know, like my son's really little, but one of the things that like you and I have both been through some of the Tylus stuff, but even like just being able to visualize how a ball is going to fly and release. So like basketball, like being able to visualize like a shot pattern. I mean, that's sort of getting into like the short game of being able to see yeah. like, where do you want to land a ball or arc a ball? Obviously doing it with like your hand in a basketball shot, whereas you're going to be doing it with a wedge in the golf swing, but um, being able to like just visualize how do balls fly or how do balls react to different things. I think is something that people don't always like consider that that's a skill. Like, yeah, Steph Curry is a great shooter, but like he also, I mean, there's something that connects his his brain and his hand to be able to like determine the arc on a shot, how to get shots off on defenders. And he's a really good golfer. And I think part of it is there's just that connection of like, I can see this pattern and I can recreate that with a ball using an implement or my hand or whatever the case may be. Yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, kids should play multiple sports for as a long time. My next question is going to be, you know, how long and when should, in your opinion, like when should golfers specialize? Like, is there a point that it's like, okay, you've got the gross athletic development, but now um, if you really want to be good at golf, you really need to specialize. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be right around when they start going to, to high school. And I say that cautiously, right? Because, there are, you know, some kids that, you know, they want to be on the PGA Tour. Well, that's awesome. Well, in that case, yeah, you're, you know, we're going to specialize. And at least here in Wisconsin, you know, golf is in the spring, but we're going to find ways to practice, keep developing our skills, our golf muscles, et cetera, right, in the winter months, right? Now, there are some kids that like to play golf, Right, they're pretty good at it. They're not exactly sure where they want to go with it. Well, at that point, keep doing whatever you're doing. I know there's a bunch of kids that you know really like playing basketball. Well, winter sport and and golf's not until the spring. Great, as long as you're kind of keeping up with some of your skills, you know, throughout the the weeks in the winter. Yeah, right. I think that's that's fine. But if you are, you know, going to say I'm, I'm fully committing to you know, golf, you know, PGA Tour, high-level college golf is the goal. It's going to be right around that that high school. Yeah, I think that's a – you kind of brought up an interesting point. And, like, in some ways, because um, we talk about sports specialization, not just in golf but in all sports, um, quite a lot with families because there's some really, really good, like, medical literature on injury risk increasing if you specialize too early. Um but one of the things that's kind of come out recently and I think is like something that can be confusing for families is to specialize. You don't necessarily have to stop playing other sports, but you have to keep playing the one sport 
more often than for, I think, uh, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure in the literature, like sports specialization now qualifies for like actively playing, competing eight months out of the year and taking one or more like private lesson, like private instruction outside of your normal golf season per week. Mm. Um, so there's some like stuff like that, but I think it's brought this point up that like to specialize, it doesn't mean that you only have to play golf and you don't have to do anything else. But I agree with you. If, you know, if you want to be a varsity high level varsity player, uh, or play beyond high school, you know, if you're not consistently playing golf and working on your game for like at least eight months out of the year with like taking lessons, working on your short game, playing golf, doing stuff like that, it's going to be hard to see the same amount of progress as your teammates that are doing that. Um, a lot of time in high school, we talk to kids too in different sports about like trying to have at least one season that they're not actively competing that from our perspective, they can get in a weight room and really like work on developing their body because it can be hard if you play football right into basketball, right into golf, and then you play summer baseball or whatever, I'm making things up and you never have time that you can just be like, hey, I'm going to go work on getting faster, getting stronger. I'm really going to work on that swing fix that I need that is going to take a lot of practice. And if you never have the time to develop to those things, like it can really start to stall at your progress. Yeah. I mean, pretty, pretty well said there. And one thing you said is, you know, if you don't do that, it's going to be hard to keep up with the progress with teammates or, or people in your conference, right. That are doing that. Right. So everyone, you know, at a certain point, I just going to have to choose. All right, I'm, this is the direction I want to go in. And, you know, no matter what path you choose, there's going to be other people also on that path. So, right. you know, now your competition is, you know, those kids or even adults at, you know, a certain point, right, uh, on that same path. And if you are not, you know, keeping your short game skills tight and working on your – you know, even if it's three, four, five, six foot putting, something simple like that in the off season, other kids are, right? right? And, you know, let's say they're working at it for whatever, an hour a day, you know, for a month and you don't, okay, what's well, that's 30 hours of, you know, five footers that your competition now has over you, right? So, you know, kind of just goes back to you know what are you what are we really trying to do here yeah right? and I, I think you know it, it's transformed a little bit here at least in Wisconsin where there's a lot more options for winter practice you know yeah. there's five six seven eight you know indoor facilities there's places like kinetic that you can work on your body and, and your athleticism right there's a couple driving ranges, right, with heated bays, you know, that, that wasn't always the case, right? So I think now, if you choose that path, there's probably never been a better time to really go in on it, even though we live in a climate that has foot of snow for four months. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's just like, you know, to show up, if you want to make varsity and you say that's your goal and you show up two weeks before practice, having not touched your clubs all winter, like up here for guys, especially, um, it's spring season which is kind of unfortunate timing yeah um, but for girls 
like if you're not playing like there's lots of junior tournaments if you're not yeah. keeping your skills sharp by like playing some tournament golf right before you go into a really stressful high school tryout like your actions are not matching up with like what your goal wants to, what your goals yeah. are and like what we want to see kids say is like i i want to make varsity i want to be the number one player the two player i want to try to play college and like those things are all great but yeah. these awesome. are the things that you have to do to accomplish that otherwise it's just words like it's just saying this is what i want to do but if unless you're willing to like put in a time commitment and an effort commitment um you're just not going to see those results yeah 100 percent. and i know you know at least for the, the girls for the summer season leading up into the fall obviously i would love to see them play a good amount of tournaments i mean it's just about getting reps in you know higher stress situations right i mean yeah. there is no higher stress in, in golf than, you know, knowing you don't exactly have it and you still have to go post a score. Right. Right. So, I, you know, the more reps you get in those situations and some days you're going to have it, you can feel great and you can show up to the course, no problem. You'll shoot a number and you'll, you'll score. Yeah. Or you'll place pretty well, but you know, playing in enough tournaments, right. So where maybe sometimes that's, that's not exactly the case, but you have to figure out, uh, post a score. I mean, there's there's no no substitute for that, and yeah, I know they, you know, at least financially, if you just play like 38 tournaments a month, you know, obviously that could rack up. But I, I think you know there is a cost effective way to do it where you're still getting the reps. You're if you're not playing tournaments, you're either in the you know backyard, you're, you're wherever you are, right, and setting up little targets for landing spots. Right, there are a million ways to practice right and that's what i used to do at, at my house i said chipping that and i would put balls at you know 10 15 20 30 whatever yards and just do it that way and just really get a decent short game because i knew that was always the first thing to go for me i could hit it okay but as soon as i took a couple of weeks off short game it was i had no chance yeah right so and if i wasn't at a club which i wasn't i just had to find a way to do it yeah. And I think more and more kids are finding ways to do it. Do it. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I think that kind of leads me into my next question, which is really uh, when we look at a high school player, when you look at a high school player, um, what do you see them struggle with? And I think I'd be interested in kind of both directions. One kind of like what you were just talking about, like maybe what do they struggle with in tournament play, mm -hmm. but then maybe just quickly, what are some of the common things you see from like a swing perspective that high school kids really struggle with? Yeah. Um, well, I think from just a tournament perspective, I feel like decision-making isn't always the best on the golf course. And it could be for a number of reasons. It could be, you know, I I thought I had that 250-yard carry in the bag. I didn't really have that because it was into the wind, but, like, my playing competitor did it. And I'm like, well, I can do that too, right? Um, it's also a thing where, you know, they, they hit shots that they don't practice, right? So sometimes, you know, they can physically hit the shot, right? But it's not really a shot they, they practice doing. So you're kind of just rolling the dice and it's really unpredictable what's going to happen. Um, and then the third thing with the decision-making is, you know, like sometimes decisions are made based on what they think 
other people are going to do. And they always feel like, oh, the rest of the field would pull this shot off or yeah. they're going to birdie this hole, so I have to be aggressive and, and birdie this hole. Where in high school, honestly, I mean, it's not exactly the PGA Tour where you have to shoot three under coming down the stretch, right? You know, three over is okay, yeah. right? And that'll that'll do plenty good for your for your team, yeah. right? Um, so a lot of times it's, you know, not really playing the game or, or having following their recipe for scoring. Yeah. Right. And as far as, as the swing goes, um, it could be a, a, a number of issues, but I think the biggest thing is, you know, consistently hitting a shot the whole day, but trying to hit another shot. So, you know, someone is trying to draw it all day, but they're hitting cuts and they just never adjust. They just keep trying to hit draw, hit draw, hit draw. And then they're, blowing it right into the, the trees or the rough or the hazard or whatever yeah. it is, right? So, I mean, there's no one exact thing I can I can point to as far as the swing goes, yeah. but just the result of the swing, you know. Are you adjusting? Are you, if you're hitting a cut on the range, that's okay. Hit a cut until you're, hit a drop, like, it'll be okay, yeah. right? You just got to put up a number. Yeah. No, I know parents everywhere are going to be shocked that, uh, you see high school kids struggle with decision making you know that's, that's i'm sure <laughs> yeah i'm sure that's never never been uh, never been heard of yeah no, I, and i do too like <laughs> i i'm guilty of it you know hand up like i if i'm in a, i'm like man i'm pretty sure you know some guys are gonna bury this hole like i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna try to go for it maybe i i shouldn't have but i mean i think i just see it more often yeah no, and I think that's I think that's interesting. And I, I kind of like what you said about not letting me pigeonhole you into like one swing flaw. Because even when we look at high school kids from like a physical standpoint, we really can lump them into two categories. There's like the kids that are maybe have a lot of mobility, but like their body really hasn't filled out yet. They're like pretty kind of scrawny, lanky, maybe not the most coordinated and like haven't really developed a lot of strength. And then there's other kids that are like, either just naturally physically gifted or like maybe they played football where they lifted weights a lot. They're like pretty strong, kind of more fully mature body, maybe a little bit more limited with like range of motion. And like just those physical differences can have a huge effect on their golf swing. Cause you know, one kid might have a hard time getting into positions that Jason might want them to hit with their golf swing. The other one might just really have a hard time even like controlling the weight of the club or moving the club quickly enough to hit it far enough and so like there can just be such a variety of differences at that age like you can have two kids just radically develop differently physically um and like people don't always think about it they're like it has a big effect on what they're able to do with a golf club yeah and you know you get those kids that you know maybe aren't you know developed or nailed of a like you know bloomer in their development and then you don't see them for a, a, a winter and they come back in the summer and like, here they are. Like they, yeah, they got it, you know, they're flipped it or just their, their body just changed and change. just yeah. like, Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. You're not the tall, lanky, uncoordinated kid anymore. Like yeah. you're, you know, how to control your body now. Well, yeah. you got to put that into the lesson too, which is why, you know, I always kind of go back to their core, 
fundamentals, and that's kind of their ingredients to just make the swing work until they're at a point where they're really done developing and they can really just give them, you know, their golf swing. Yeah, and I think parents don't always account for it. Even within the summer, like, kid hits a growth spurt, body changes a lot. Like, it can really throw off their timing and their coordination. Yeah. Like, some of those things where I just know a couple of kids that we've worked with where all of a sudden they've gone through, like, a six-week stretch where, like, they've really struggled. And it's like, maybe there's just some physical changes going on with your body that, like, are affecting. So there just can be a lot that goes on at this age so yeah and and one point to that i'd i'd like to make is you know if if you have two three four weeks where you're struggling right as a junior and you know you're kind of in that range where it's like okay i've had a growth spur what have you like it's okay yeah, right? a little patient yeah it'll be Okay, especially kind of that first round of like growing. I have had kids that hit pretty good and they go through a stretch and they don't and they're freaking out, but they're really young. I go, I have a tournament coming up. It's okay. Like, what happens when you're, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade? Like, it's okay. Like, whatever happens, if you win, that's awesome. And it's, I'm not going to say winning is a bad thing because it's not. But if you catch a stretch where you're not playing great, okay. It'll get better. That's, yeah, you, you have plenty of time. And, and, you know, obviously, surprisingly enough, kids aren't always the most patient, <laughs> right? Yeah, they but, don't have a long-term perspective. Yeah, yeah. right. But, you know, you fall back on your core fundamental, you'll get it back. I mean, tour players who are fully developed humans, great athletes, they go through stretches where they miss cuts. And for them, if they miss cuts, they don't make any money. So that's a little more important. Yes. Right? And I even heard a stat that, you know, tour players make 80% of their money in, you know, two or three events or whatever for the year. And they're yeah. playing 25, 26, whatever events. So, you know, that little sidebar there, but for juniors listening or a parent, if it's a tough stretch of golf, just go back to just make sure the fundamentals are there. Yeah. The fundamentals are there. Don't go out of style. Everything else will be okay. Yeah, it'll get back. Yeah. No, I think that's great advice. Um, all right. So what one of the – I'm going to say – I'm going to zero in on, like, differences between JV and varsity here. But I think you could you could draw whatever arbitrary line you wanted to say. Um, but I think probably the most common goal that I hear, and I'm sure it's similar to you, is um, I want to make my varsity team as a yeah. freshman, sophomore whatever the case may be. Um, something that I find surprising is I usually follow that up because sometimes it's like an eighth grader that's like, I want to make varsity as a freshman or by my sophomore year, which is like, okay, awesome. Yeah. Um, I will follow that up with what do you need to do to make varsity? Yeah. <laughs> and most of them have no idea. They just like have this goal. So, yeah, 100%. Um, so like what is the difference between a varsity player and a JV player? I understand there's different levels of schools and things like that, but just yeah. sort of generically, like what's, what do you see from your perspective as a golf coach is the difference between those two levels? Yeah, so I think, you know, in their in the tryout phase, right? I, you know, I think that, at least from what I've seen, you know, if you're shooting, you know, 40 and under, you would have a pretty good shot at making varsity team. 
And maybe you're depending on the school and how many kids are trying out, this, that, and the other. Maybe it's a little higher. Maybe it's a little lower. And that's something for that junior, right, to go seek out that information. Like, you have to know what you're going for, yes. like you were saying, right, in order to get to that get to that goal. So I think that's the first thing. Um, and the biggest difference, really, that I see between varsity JV players, JV players tend to have a few more struggle holes than a varsity player, right? So perfect example, and this were two varsity players at the time, but I watched one of our, our juniors uh, play just a, one of their meets, and she was paired with one of the, the better uh, girls in the state that just so happened to be in the group. And the biggest thing was not the distance Right, they both hit it pretty similar. Maybe the one girl was a touch farther than, than the, the girl I coached. But the biggest difference was, you know, on a par five, the girl that was up there in the state hit the fairway, hit a pretty good layup shot, hit the green, two putted. Where my player, you know, hit the fairway and then blocked one a little bit right into the rough, harder to hit the green, longer putt, and she ended up making a six. It was like, well, it wasn't really the distance part, right? It was just the management part, right? She's kind of was your way down the fairway, made easy par, you made a six. Doesn't mean she is unbelievably better than you, but if that happens, you know, five or six times over the course of a round, well, that's six shots. Well, that's why she is considered one of the better players and you are not exactly quite at that level yet, all right? And I think it's also important on a little sidebar that, you know, I like to use the word yet a lot, right? Because, you know, these juniors are all just developing. So, you know, this player that I coach, well, hey, she made five, you made six because she may managed it better, but you'll you'll get there. Right. But you're not there quite yet. Yeah, that that's level. a good lesson. Right, but yeah. it's it's great to watch. So going back to the original question, you know, I, I see varsity players tend to, you know, be able to kind of find it more often. Yep. You know, if they make a mistake, they can recover from that mistake. They're maybe making bogey instead of double, triple, quad, whatever. Um, and you know, I, I really don't think it's number of birdies. I mean, maybe for some rounds, but I, I just don't see that many. Like a varsity player isn't making six birdies and a JV player making none. Like it's maybe it is for some people, but it's a lot more of you know making more pars. And bogeys, not doubles, triples. Yeah. No, I think that's interesting. I think it's something for kids that we see too, is that like, you know, ultimately it's that score. It's not like who can hit the prettiest golf shot or yeah. um, whatever the case may be, but like usually tryouts are essentially like go play for a certain number of holes over a certain number of days. And the top half are the ones that shoot in the, or the top six to eight is the varsity and the ones under that, or JV and it just comes down to like score across a couple days so like yes yeah. you can do it once that's once in a while that's great but can you are you shooting that score that your varsity coach says is about the typical cutoff on a relatively regular basis where you can go out and do it and just figuring out like what's that recipe for you you know right. and everyone have yeah right? I mean you can there's a million ways to get it to get it done I've seen a lot 
a lot of ways, yeah. right? And but one thing I will say, I, I keep going back to it, but no matter what the recipe, there is no really good player with a bad short game or a horrible putter. That's just, I mean, you have to be able to hit the ball. Yeah. Ball in the hole, right? It, you might not have to be the longest player. It helps, right? Yeah. But, you know, they, they make up for it if you're not the longest with an exceptional short game instead of a really good short game. Right. right. Yeah, just figuring out what's your what works for you. And, yeah, 100%. And doing, having a game plan that accentuates your strength and hides as many of your weaknesses <laughs> as you can. Yeah, golf. Yeah. Um, okay, then one step farther, and I know you and I have talked about this a little bit before, um, but I think some people, again, don't really know what college golf takes. And I think everyone says, I want to play in college. And most people say, I want to play in college. And I, I think they're thinking Division One, but there are many different levels of college golf that are really good and a great way to go play and have fun and get an education. So, like, for a player that thinks they want to play in college, like, what type, how, what do you have to be doing in high school to have, like, a shot at playing at certain levels? Well, I think... You have to, you know, in high school, depending on what level you want to play, right? But you have to show that there is some pretty high potential in your game. So I think college coaches are pretty understanding of the fact that, especially up up here in Wisconsin, there might be a dud round in there, right? But there should also be some really good rounds in there as well. Right, yeah. and that's going to kind of determine the path that you you go on. Because you know, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, you know, when you go to that college level, right, that is this person's job, right. So they are kind of betting on that player that you know they they see has pretty high potential, um, so that they can you know have a better performing team, so that they keep their their job it's it's kind of a business decision for for them you know yeah. at high school it's usually the teacher or whatever so it's just something to do you know after school and it, the intensity definitely gets raised once you get into college i think another big thing is you know as you're in high school it's kind of how the player carries themselves on the golf course when things are going well when things are going not very well. I know. Talk to a couple of college coaches because I kind of had this question too. Like, what are you guys looking for? And talk to a couple D two coaches or D three coaches, and you know they said, you know, we want kind of grinders, right? We want kids that they can hit it all over the planet and still put up a number. It doesn't affect them as much, or if it does, they just find a way to either block it out or use it to help them, right, if they're not hitting it well, to just score, right? Yeah. And I've heard stories of, you know, kids either getting an offer or not getting an offer because they were playing in a tournament and they threw a club and they were they just kind of lost it and they didn't get an offer. And I've heard a story of a, a kid that played in some of the worst conditions ever and was just a grinder and he didn't even score that well on that particular day, but just how he carried himself and kept grinding made that coach say, hey, like, we want you. Because if you can do it, that weather, 
those conditions, that stress, right? And you can keep that attitude. It's going to be easy when it's 75 and sunny and wherever we're going to go. Yeah. Right. So I think, you know, the other side of this is yes, you have to score, but you have to be able to carry yourself a certain way. Yeah. You know, no college team wants the kid that is going to be chucking clubs around and, and yelling and carrying on. I mean, Maybe some do, but most times, you know, that's usually hindering your game, not really really helping it out. So I think that's important to note as yeah. well. Just how to manage emotions and you know, that's stuff that coaches can yeah. help you with for sure. No, for sure. Um, I think that's really good advice. And, yeah, it's just yes, to play at a high-level D1 school and be on the PGA Tour track, like, yeah, those kids are probably in the – state player of the year category right but there's a lot of d2 d3 schools that like you don't have to be shooting under par regularly to play golf at that level and no you know you can if you want to there's lots of opportunities and it just depends what are you looking for in your college experience and then what type of player are you so i think it's just good for people to keep that in mind yeah perfectly said there um so let's talk back to high schoolers right now we're you know, I don't want to date the podcast, but late fall, um, borderline trending towards winter. Obviously, we live in a state that there's going to be limited outside days. We talked yeah. about that there's now indoor simulators, kind of heated bays, etc. cetera. Uh, but what should, how should a player that's going to play high school golf be getting ready for um, the spring? And I, I know we're when we talk about the spring, we're kind of talking about the boys, but I think it applies for the girls just getting ready for tournament season in the yeah. spring and summer, just yeah, not the high school season. Yeah. I, you know, I think now is a really good time to kind of, you know, take stock in exactly where you're at as a player. So obviously we get a couple of decent days uh, here in the fall and then it could just drop 40 degrees and no one's going outside. Um, so if we do catch a couple of those days, you know, I like for juniors to, you know, go through a couple skill tests, you know, how, how good's my putting, how good's my short game, how good's my driving, you know, can I hit target, can I not hit target, what are my irons like, and then also take stock in, all right, you know, how's my body feeling right now, right, what could, if I go do a screening, right, a place like Connecticut or wherever, you know, where are my weak spots? Where am I really good, right? Because that's also really important to know both on the skill level and on the body side, right? Not just all the bad stuff, right? But where can we improve? Do I need mobility? Do I need strength? And, you know, come up with a plan that's going to guide you towards that as long as they do it, right? Yeah, um, yeah I mean, this, this time of year is just the perfect time because you can – if you were going to you know, go into the gym, you can go into the gym, really work hard at it, maybe a little bit sore, and it doesn't matter, right? Because yes. no tournaments are coming up. You still have all the winter months and early spring to start prepping. And for on the girls' side, they start you know, maybe late spring. So they even have that little bit of time to go through that gym workout, really kind of hammer in their core fundamentals on the swing in a simulator or their wedge distances on a simulator or anything like that, take that outside and get ready for their uh, their 
their tournament season. Yeah. Starting early spring. No, I agree. I mean, I think the from our perspective on the physical side that winter is the time that you can make the most progress. And 100%. this can be maybe you had back pain or knee pain or hip pain or something last year. And like, and actually, yes, you're going to feel better right now when you're playing less golf. But if you don't do anything to address it, it is going to come back when you start playing a lot of golf in the spring. Like it yeah. just is going to. So if you have dealt with any of in, any injuries, the off season is a time that we can really get after that stuff. And then on the physical development side, um, it is the time that we can add body mass. We can add speed. We can do things because we're not worrying about that you have a competition next weekend. We don't want you to be sore or tired for it. Like, even if you're taking golf lessons, I don't really care. Like, if you're going over to your golf lesson, you're still, you're like a little bit fatigued from your workout because your golf lesson is not performance. You're just working on your skills. So, Um, it is the time that we can really make hay and yeah. kind of put it away. So that come when you play a lot of golf and are practicing six days a week or having two tournaments and going into big competition season, we're just maintaining, not having to. Yeah, more like injury prevention. Yes, exactly. So um, I think it's a huge opportunity. Um kind of a little shameless plug. We are going to be having a parent's uh, information night for um, a junior high school junior golf development program that Jason and I run together um, all winter long. So that's going to be the information night's going to be on November 15th at 6 p.m. It'll actually be hosted in at our clinic. That's a Tuesday. Um, and just totally free. Uh, there might be some adult beverages that are served for the parents uh, for showing up and we'll kind of walk through um, that program. It's going to be a monthly thing that goes through everything that we're talking about, physical screens, lessons with Jason, um, group um, kind of, I don't want to even say fitness session, but like group sessions at our facility, kind of working on some of the things that show up from their physical screen. I know Jason's got some guest um, speakers. Uh, I'm going to give a talk on like, hydration and nutrition during golf. Um, I know Jason's going to talk about shot, uh, shots gain stuff. I think he's got a Canadian tour player. It's going to talk to the group maybe about yeah. um, kind of just golf and his golf story and golf management. Mm-hmm. So really great program. Um, it'll just run monthly kind of all the way leading up into, into the season and, and potentially for especially some of the girls players or high school players, even like into the season a little bit. Um, and if you'd like to learn more, we'll have the link to register for that workshop that uh, on in November on the show notes for this podcast. So you can be sure to click there and uh, check it out. Anything else, or we uh, we nail it? You know, I think it was pretty good, but you know, I think there there's always going to be other questions. Which you know, if you come out to the uh, parent night, where we're happy to. Happy to answer. Hopefully, uh, my buddy from the Canadian Tour can kind of we can work it out and schedule to to give that talk. I think that would be uh, really cool because he went through high school golf, high level D one golf, and and now uh, on that. So um, you know, no promises on that one quite yet, but we're gonna we're gonna see if we can match up that schedule. Yeah, no, I think that'll be uh, I think that'll be awesome. It'll be really good. Really good uh, opportunity that will really help any player that is looking to accomplish a goal for high school golf and actually want to take the action steps that they need to do 
to accomplish that goal. So if you're kind of serious about it or if you have a junior player that's serious about wanting to improve, um, definitely come check out that uh, check out that workshop and uh, check out Jason's junior development program. So um, thanks again for coming on. Thank you. Uh, always good to have a repeat guest and thanks to everyone for listening and we will see you guys on the next episode. Hey, Dr. Michael here. I want to say a sincere thank you for taking the time to listen to that episode. I hope you got a lot out of it. Dr. Brett, Lauren, and I are all extremely passionate about this podcast and trying to use it to help share high quality, factual information and debunk some of the common myths and misconceptions that we see around athletic performance and rehabilitation. If you have a minute, we would sincerely appreciate you taking the time to leave a rating and review on iTunes or sharing this podcast with a teammate, coach, or colleague who you think may benefit. We want as many people to be able to hear and listen to this information as possible. Lastly, if you are on social media, head over to our page at MKE Sports Podcast or at Kinetic underscore SMP to follow us so that you get all the latest information. We love to engage, so leave a comment on this podcast. Tell us what you learned or feel free to ask us a question. We sincerely appreciate all of the support and we look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode.